while your day is winding down. They're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day. From local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard. To listen. And where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Welcome to South Coast Tonight. So this is an issue we've been talking about a little bit. Um, I had a, an, I have an article on WBSM.com. There is a staffing shortage uh, in the Fairview Fire Department. The Fairview Fire Union has been sounding the alarm on it. Joining us now on the air is Fire Union President Kevin Gonzalez. Hey, Kevin. Hey, Marcus. Hi. Kevin, are you, are you there? Yeah, can you hear me? We can hear you, yes. Yeah, we can hear you. All right, we've Good. come we've come a long way from the uh, Wood School playground, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know good enough. So, uh, so Kevin, um, you're the president of the Fairhaven Fire Union. Uh, yeah. in, just tell us, just you know, a broad overview of, of of what happened over at Main Street that you guys had talked about um, last week, and why did it demonstrate um, the need for better staffing? So. Last week we had a uh, an incident at the Fave Village Apartments where there was a roommate contents fire, um, but the problem was so I guess just to back up, Marcus, right now how we our staffing levels are six firefighters on a shift with a minimum of five, so we'll never drop below five firefighters. Um, we're also cross cross trained as paramedics, so. Some of the times we can be tied up on an ambulance call, like a medical emergency in the town, and then receive another, you know, alarm, so to speak, for a, a fire call, which would be a different response. And that's what happened in this time. One of our ambulances was out on an ambulance call, which takes two firefighters away from that five to six firefighter shift, which they were operating at five that day. So that left just three firefighters back in the station to handle, you know, dispatching the call out. Uh, toning out for off-duty personnel to come try to meet and call firefighters uh, to meet uh, at the scene. Um, but it also leaves one firefighter to take each a piece of apparatus to the scene. Now, there's, I mean, it's not like unheard of. There's remarkable amounts of data that show how unsafe one firefighter on an apparatus is. Um, and in this case, there was an actual, it ended up being an actual fire. So, so the room and contents fire, the first new engine shows up with just one firefighter on. And they had to get out, call off, let command know and, and the radio know what's going on, kind of that they do have an actual working fire. Then put the pump in the truck, uh, the truck in a pump, put on their pack, pull a hose line, Get, make entry into the actual, you know, the, the hazardous environment. We were unsure if there were victims in the apartment or not. So now you're also thinking you have to do a search. 
And doing all this as just one individual is extremely taxing. Yeah. And never mind your emotions are running high and all that. There's a thing called uh, the NFPA. It's the National Fire Protection Agency. It's made. It's not made up of like unions, like anything like that. It's made up of retired fire chiefs, engineers, scientists, uh, pretty esteemed people. You know, not just a guy off the street like me. <laughs> they study responses, um, the way things burn, and they come up with a ballpark of like the like a safe staffing in response for these kind of incidences. So we would probably call, we'd call, we classify, you know, Faven Village as a garden-style apartment. It's multifamily, it's multi-stories. It's not exactly a high-rise, but it's, it's a big enough building. So a garden-style apartment per NFPA is a minimum of 27 firefighters on scene to help with the incident. And that's to do all of the critical tasks as far as, like, search and rescue, uh, a writ team, which would be in case a firefighter goes down, you need to send a team in to go get them out. Uh, if they like, you know, for an injury or something along those lines, water source, um, you know, safety, operations, command, all these sort of things. And unfortunately, it just doesn't happen, right? I understand, and the fire department, like our union, understands that we're not a big city, we're not Boston, we're not New Bedford, even for that matter, and. Funding is, is the ultimate problem at the end of the day, and we get that. A lot of departments can get it done with three firefighters on an apparatus, and that's still three times what we're doing. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so, so our, go, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you go, Mark. Well, so what you're asking for, and, and you know, just to lay it out, you, you guys currently have six firefighters on shift. I think you might have said that you're looking for – you're looking to it's it may go up to seven because there's some new recruits going to the academy. But what you're looking yep. for is nine. Nine would be the ideal number for us to be able to staff a first new engine with three firefighters, twenty four seven, still cover our ambulance responses and that sort of thing. I mean, just this week we had the missing woman, right? Yes. We right. had we had our shifts of five or six firefighters, but we were able to beef up the numbers because it required more. We needed to have emergency callbacks because i mean this took precedence you know yeah but just because we're doing a search doesn't mean that the rest of our duties you know kind of get put on the sideline and somebody else takes care of it correct right we so we we were able to get it up to about 10 people in to help with the day-to-day tasks and the search along with you know the tech rescue teams the police the mass state police everybody it was a great effort by everybody involved but just yesterday, they in the 24-hour period that the shift was on, they had 14 emergencies that they had to handle, just normal day-to-day emergencies, you know, on top of that. So, so, so Kevin, right? Yeah. Kevin, um, I, I, I'm a long-time resident of Fairhaven, and um, on two, two occasions, your, your members saved my life. Well, I'm glad uh, to hear that. Yeah. Well, wait till I make my point. <laughs> Maybe not. it won't be. Yeah, I'm not. No, no I'm, jo- I'm joking. I'm joking. But what I wanted, what I wanted to say in, in conjunction with what you're saying is that when I caught COVID, which is when they saved me the first time, and then when, my, when I had kidney failure, 
Neither one of those times did I call ahead to find out if you guys were available to get me, right? In other words, right. I didn't call to find out if there's a missing woman or a fire in an elderly complex. Correct. I just had a medical situation that was about to take my life. We called 911. Your members responded and saved my life. So when you're talking, I'm trying to look at this from the perspective of a frequent flyer, of someone who's needed medical care, and you guys are yep. there when we need it. So I would say that everybody out there listening to you ought to make, be selfish. They ought to think about not what's good for the fire department, but what's good for them. And what you're telling us is you're, you're honestly blowing the whistle that you might not be able to provide service at the level of resources being provided. And people need to understand that. Is that what you're saying, Kevin? Uh, yeah, exactly, sir. That's basically what we're saying. And, and it's one of those things, I get it, we're a service, and we want to provide the very best service to our community, mm -hmm. obviously. Um, but sometimes I, we, I, we've had members where they're on a call. We'll send an engine with one person to a medical if all of our ambulances are out, and then we've got to wait mutual aid. Sometimes you can wait, you know, 10, 15 minutes for somebody to get from a cushion it in the here because sometimes they have to call people in from home right. or Mattapoise it the same way. And we just, I don't want the community being upset with our members either being, because it's happened. If they wait, you know, what are you Where doing? You there? Why aren't you going? Why right. aren't you taking anybody? And, and it's just like, I'm sorry, we're waiting for another ambulance. You know what I mean? Yes. And people get hurt that way. It, correct. Well, right. well, so you made this point to me um, when we spoke, you said, if the town isn't willing to pay for additional staff, they're going to pay it on the back end in some devastating way. Uh, is that more? Well, or less? Yeah, usually. I mean, it kind of goes like, you know, you're going to pay one way or the other. Unfortunately, yes. it sounds rude and horrible to say. It's like either we prioritize our public safety and we allocate the you know proper staffing and funding to, to do these. Or there may be an incident where, you know, you're going to be a wrongful death or why somebody's going to lose their life or a firefighter is going to get hurt trying to do three or four person's jobs. And now you're paying for them to be out injured. You're paying for more overtime. They get a new hire in for them and, and that sort of thing. So it's, it's either, it's one of those things. It's like, do we want to, you know, allocate it and prevent it and get ahead of it and pay for it now? Or could it be more costly in the end? And we're just trying to educate. So some people have said right. like, Oh, you know, it's scaring the community, and, and it's one of those things. I'm not trying to scare anybody, like our Facebook page or anything. We're really just trying to educate because I feel it's been so overlooked for so many years and sort of kind of paying the sins of our forefathers, one of those types of things. And we would just like to put it out there and let everybody know what's really going on. So we're speaking with Kevin Gonzalez. He's the president of the New Beth, I mean the uh, Fairhaven Firefighters Union. And so, you know, one of the things I th I thought was was um, uh, important to, to to bring up is that you know you do have uh, call firefighters, um, and you know sometimes off duty uh, that they come and, and and sort of fill in the gaps. But that's not really a tenable pos uh, tenable position to you know staff your uh, department on. And on top of that, it's not good for what's what you called the initial attack. Can you explain what the initial attack is and why it's important to have uh, a, um, a a better staffed uh, department for the initial attack? Yeah, absolutely. So. I, I do want to clear something up. I just want to state too, like I have, we have no, like the call firefighters, there's a couple of them that are very dedicated and they do whatever they can to try to get in. But it's also tough because they have full-time jobs, you know, right. and emergencies, as we know, don't 
take place at a scheduled time. Yeah, right. Correct. Right. Yeah. You know, it can be two in the morning. It can be prime work time for a landscaper. It, it can. It really happens at any time. To rely on our off-duty personnel and call firefighters all the time, it's just not the way of the world anymore. And um, I mean, inflation, everything's so expensive. People have to sometimes. Even us, a lot of our full-timers work two full-time jobs. You know, just to try to get by. But Kevin, I so will. T- I, I would posture that it was never the right way to do it. You know, no, it, I, just because they got that. away with it last time doesn't mean you can get away with it anymore. It really, it's costing people their lives, whether they realize it or not. And and we are busier than we've ever been. I mean, we broke four thousand calls this year. That is, that's the busiest we've ever been in Fave and Fire history. Um, out of our comparable community departments, we're one number one and number two busiest, but with the least amount of staffing. Um, for that initial attack, when you're getting onto a scene, the NFPA recommends four firefighters per apparatus on the initial attack, and the reason they do that is there's a lot of different tasks that need to be done. A lot of people, like I said, you can get by with three because one person kind of doubles down, but fire doubles in size every 30 seconds. The materials that couches and sofas and beds are, that are made of nowadays, even, even walls for that matter, they're burning at a higher rate of heat. So the temperature is a lot hotter and they're burning a lot faster. And again, like I said, Fire doubles in size every 30 seconds. So if you're not there with a proper response initially, the fire can really get ahead of you and out of hand. And then it's instead of making a stop and trying to save a building, now you're just trying to protect other things around it and you're just kind of going to let it watch it burn. You know, you do your best, but it's going to be a loss. And you're putting everybody else at risk because per OSHA requirements, there's a two-in, two-out rule, which means you have two firefighters go in, and then there's two firefighters on the outside waiting to go in and switch out with them. So when you make an initial fire attack with one firefighter trying to maybe make a rescue, unsure of what you have, it, it really is just unsafe. And it, and it puts our guys in a bad spot and it puts the community in a bad spot because we're firefighters, right? We see a fire. No matter if you got one guy or a hundred guys, you're going to go in. Right. You're right. going to go try to help somebody. That's what we want to do. That's, that's the type of personality a lot of us are, you know, and, and it just puts us in a bad spot. I mean, I'm the primary, you know, moneymaker for my family. My wife stays home with the kids, and that's great. But if I was, were to get injured in a fire or something like that, it, it put my family in a bad spot, you know? Right. So, we're sp- But that's just how the guys are. They'll, they'll, they'll get the job done no matter what. It's just it's unnecessary to put them at the risk that we are. So one of the things that you uh, and 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 I just want to 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 be clear, you know, there was some mutual aid um, that that uh, had come in on that uh, main street, uh, which was New Bedford had co- uh, come to to help you guys with the fire. Mattapoisa sent a truck to cover the station, and the Kushnet sent an ambulance because some uh, a, a police officer on the scene had sustained an injury. Right. Right, and and mutual aid is a beautiful thing, right? Yes. We. A lot of, I mean, just about every department, they all have mutual aid agreements, which is the other thing that is, if a fire was to happen, you know, you get on scene and you can say, you know, if it, we don't have enough staffing, you can say, give me a second or a third alarm assignment, and that'll get other communities rolling. We have like a run sheet, and when, say, a second alarm assignment, you're going to get new Bedford engine and a ladder there. Mattapoise is going to come cover the station. A cushion's going to try to send an engine. You're going to get an ambulance from the Bedford EMS, like, there's a whole breakdown of how that all works out too, which is great because 
that can come in and assist. Right. But the problem is, is that initial fire attack. So we had done a staffing study a little while ago, and it broke down a lot of different things like our call volume and how often ambulances are out and that sort of thing. So just about 44% of the time, both of our ambulances are tied up or they're out on emergency medical uh, calls, which takes four firefighters away because you get two per ambulance, right? Right, right. And that just leaves on a good day at a full staff shift of six, two people back in the station. If that happens, you have two firefighters who are going to try to get multiple pieces of apparatus down there. I mean, mathematically, it just doesn't really make sense, you know? There's three pieces of apparatus we got to try to get to the scene. We're depending on, we're trying to send out callbacks to get off-duty and call firefighters in to help with this. It just can be a nightmare, and sometimes it just happens that, you know, people aren't available. They just can't come in, and then you get stuck with one person sitting at the fire station by themselves just hoping nothing happens, you know? So, uh, Kevin, um, I think it's, you know, I think it's it's fairly uh, it's a very persuasive thing to to say we need more firefighters. It's you know firefighters um, help you in your you know most dangerous and dire situations, and so yep. a better fast, uh, staffed fire department it makes for a safer fair haven. The, the 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 I guess where the real persuasion comes in is how is this going to be uh, paid for, and what options uh, do you as in the the fire union. Uh, see on the table for Fairhaven to pay for the additional staffing? Okay, that's a great question, Marcus. And you know what? That's Unfortunately, at the end of the day, that's what makes the world go round, right, is that dollar. Right. So there's a few different ways that it can be done. There's a, a thing called a SAFER grant that we apply to the federal government, right? There's a loan, basically, for three years. If you fill out the application and you get accepted, they will front load use the money so to speak for the the whole first three years of those firefighters careers and the town then has three years to kind of adopt them and figure out a way to fund them but that gives them three years of not having to pay for it and and figure out a way to allocate the funding for that um that's one of the ways and i know i'm going to say here's another way but i know it's a very unpopular way is that that two and a half override the prop two and a half override if we've done feasibility studies with the town and um, all of our data has come from the Department of Revenue out of Mass, well, our attorneys have done them for us and all that. Um, if we wanted to add eight more firefighters per group, it says, I'm going to read it right now word for it. In all cases, the estimated weekly increased real estate tax cost to the average single family homeowner is less than half the two dollar fifty cent cost of a small cup of Dunkin' Donuts coffee. So it would that be would, it would be fewer than two dollars per week, essentially. Yeah, yeah, it'd be about a dollar twenty seven. So seems like short money. Um, if they if if we were to do a prop two and a half override, would have to go to would have to go through town meeting and then on the ballot. Uh, you're just asking basically city uh, the town residents um, to pay. Fewer than two dollars a week uh, for the additional what you find is a is a is a tenable staffing level that will 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 keep the residents safer. Yeah, yep, that's that's the other way. And then I can give you a third way that we've I've been looking at too is 
out of all the comparable departments that uh, we we go by, and I can give you a list of them if you want. We use like a, the town of Norton, Abington, East Bridgewater, um, Rockland, and what is the last one that we have here? Uh, East Bridgewater. And a lot of these other departments allocate more out of their total budget to their public safety, to their fire department specifically. Uh, Norton, Somerset, Rockland, Abington, they all allocate more towards their, uh, to their fire department than what we do, the town does. And I understand that there's other pressing issues and there's certain things that need to get done. I just feel that public safety has taken such a back seat in the town for quite a while. I mean, the staffing, even at six firefighter shifts, the staffing hasn't changed that much since the eighties even. Um, and it's, and it's a, a big reason why a lot of our guys have past guys have kept leaving and going to better departments. Mm-hmm. We pay this money to onboard a new employee, right? Yeah. Get them with gear, send them to the fire Academy. We're paying them the whole time. They're going to the Academy. They're getting all this training. And then they get back and they're realizing they're doing the job of sometimes, you know, definitely more than three people at a time. You're dispatching, you're going on medical ambulance, your ambulance calls, you're hopping on the engine, you're grabbing your gear, you're running to the ladder, you're trying to just cover down and, and you're just chasing your tail around it and you don't really get ahead of anything. So the guys feel overwhelmed and we've been losing a lot of people and that's a, that's a cost to the town that is, we're basically paying talent to go get ready to go somewhere else. But if we can make it a desirable place and, and a safer place to be, you, you can, you know, your, rate, your retention rates are going to be better. Kevin, um, I know Marks and I really appreciate you coming here and educating our audience and, and ourselves on this really important matter. I would encourage you to use all your, your uh, powers and all the media outlets you can to continue to tell the truth to the people of Fairhaven. Everybody likes to live in peace and tranquility, but you have to know when the, if the alarm goes and there's nobody there to answer it, people are going to get hurt. And I think that yeah. people people crave information. Let them give them the information. They can make the decision whether they're going to raise their own taxes or not. But I, but it's the cost of living in a decent society is to pay taxes. Right. So I would encourage you to continue to get this message out so that people will understand when it comes time to vote on this what in fact they're voting for. Yeah, and I just want to just thank you guys for having me on. And, and just to touch what you had said before, it's one of those things that try to think of it selfishly. Like right. if it was your family or your grandmother or your, your child or it is. Your, your loved one. <laughs> it is like, you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Think about it like <laughs> you know? it's yourself because it is. Right. Yeah, it, well, it's sometimes they're like, oh, I never called the ambulance. It's like, I get yeah, it. Me neither until I did. What if you, yeah, right, until you did and then you needed it. And it's mm-hmm. like, we're just glad that we can be there and, and provide the, the service. We we generally enjoy taking care of this community. It's, it's a great community we live in. So, Kevin, we appreciate you coming on. Um, before I let you go, where can people go to just see more of the work you guys are doing? You can check out our Facebook page, the Favorite Firefighters Local 1555 uh, union page. We post a lot of the um, calls and incidences and, and run volume and stats there. Um, and we and anytime swing by the station we'll have no problem giving anybody a tour kids they can come get fire helmets crayons anything they need <laughs> thanks a lot sounds good kevin thank you thank you for having me absolutely that was kevin gonzalez uh, new bedford fire union president uh we're going to take a quick break we'll be right back 
Kevin's a good guy. He's a very, very good... All firefighters are good guys, in my opinion. Sure. Um, um, but... As he said, <clears throat> they will run into a burning building. Yeah. Even if they're going to die. Mm-hmm. That's the reality of it. And he said that to me when we were talking on the phone the other day. That's not just a, like a lot. He said that to me. He's like very... And it's very sincere. And we honest. watched Kevin Cormier in New Bedford do it. Yeah, right. He didn't die, thank God. We watched the guys on 9-11 do it. Mm. And they did die. Yeah. And again, I get there's a big difference between New York City and Fairhaven. But the, but as a as a person who's literally had his life saved twice yeah. by the New Bedford Fire Department, I assure you that it's worth the investment. Yeah. That's the only way to look at it. Absolutely. Unless you really don't like me. <laughs> I know. It's kind of like, oh, well. <laughs> well, let me think about it. Maybe six is okay. <laughs> <laughs> you mean if we, if we had just had underfunded the fight about Mikasa would be totally gone? <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's correct. If we had fewer, if we, yeah. if we had fewer right. then there'd be... But liberals don't think that far on the line. <laughs> that's the problem with your agenda. Was that your segue to rent control? It was. Okay. It was. <laughs> so uh, 508-996-0500 is how you can get in the program again. Uh, something I think worth supporting. We know we have a lot of people out there in Fairhaven that are tuning into South Coast Night and WBSM. You can go to WBSM.com to check out that story. Go to the local 1555 Facebook page. It's something I'm supporting uh, is is getting more money allocated to the, um, to the, Fairhaven, uh, to the Fairhaven firefighters, and it's something you should be pressing. Uh, you remember? Members of the select board, town administrator, and, and to be fair, I think that um, I've I've reached out to all all of them. They weren't able to comment because it's an ongoing CBA, okay. right? Uh, none of the select board members and Angie Lopes Ellison was not able to comment on that. But I do think Angie Angie is a very good TA. We're lucky to have her, and I think she'll do what she's able to do to try to ameliorate that situation. So <clears throat> one thing one thing I think that's important here, Marcus, is. My experience with, with dead overrides or two and a half overrides is that people are reluctant to vote for something that they don't understand, mm -hmm. right? Or they don't understand the full ramifications of. But that's why, as you heard Kevin say, swing by the fire department. They'll explain it to you, okay? If you have a question, just ask it. If, if you come to the end after you've asked all your questions and you really feel that it's not worth it, then, then vote the way you feel. But... Ask the questions. The people are there to give you the answers. Make an assessment, but don't just ignore it and say, ah, oh, they always want more money, because that is not the case, as we've learned. They've historically kept the tight belt. Think of how big those, those, those pieces of apparatus are, those fire trucks. Think of how big they are. You've got one person on it. Do you think, just, just intuitively, do you think that's tenable? Right. No. Right. Think of how big it is. Right. It's huge. Right. Just most one of, person on it. Most of, it, most of the time, there shouldn't be people driving one of these SUVs I see around. Yeah, right. right. Yeah, <laughs> they yeah, don't yeah. have a second guy manning the back of it. But, yeah. But look, the one thing is that they're being very open. Yeah. Being very open. They look, take a look. One thing that's great about towns versus cities is everything's on the up and up. It's out in the open. It's done at town meeting. You've got access to your local officials, access to your local employees. They're saying, look, we'll make the case. We'll explain it to you. Mm -hmm. And by the way, many of them live in town. They're raising taxes of their own as well. Yeah. So it's a, um, 
It's a great discussion. I think so. And and just can you? We talked about prop two and a half. You're you're pretty. You were um, uh, on the board of selectmen, so right. you you've dealt with two and a half and two and a half overrides. Can you just explain for the audience what prop two and a half is? Sure. So proposition two and a half comes out of 1980 ballot re- referendum. Citizens to limited taxation put it on the ballot. Mm-hmm. It was to limit the levy amount, the amount that the city and towns can raise in the levy the levy limit. Which, which translates ultimately down to your your property tax, okay? The most they can raise it without a, without the permission of the voters is 2.5% annually. Mm-hmm. That takes into account um, the total spending of the town. Yeah. So what that means is not that they can't ever do it. It's just they need the permission of the voters. Yeah. So it puts all the control into the voters' hands. So that's why it can't be done without the permission of the voters. So what they need is basically it has to go to town meeting, in this case, town meeting. Town meeting. And then uh, the select board would have to approve it to go to town meeting. It would have to uh, then go on a ballot. Approved by town meeting onto a ballot. Onto a ballot, and then it would have to get approved by the voters. And town meeting is basically just a group of voters. Right. So it basically has to go through the voters. uh, It has to go through the voters twice. Correct. And, um, you know, I guess in New Bedford it would be city council. Right. Um, And you, you get your elected officials, you have public hearings on this. You get a lot of uh, you get a lot of information, um, and and I would just say that t- and I don't know Marcus what they're looking. I don't think this is a is a two and a half override simply for the fire department. I think I think they're going to put other town services in there as well. So you want to hear it all out, you know, mm-hmm. um, with with a, with a general proposition two and a half override, it lasts forever. Yeah. If it was a debt exclusion, say to build a new school, which which has been done here in Fairhaven in the past, or a fire station, something like that, then it would live for the life of the bonds, 20 yeah. years generally. So what they're talking about here, my understanding, is a general override vote, okay? So it would be forever, okay? Yeah. Um, and it would fund the operational expenses of the town. Yeah. The other thing I, I have to tell you folks is that you have to look at the overall environment of the town. When you lost AT&T and some of that other stuff, those are major hits to the, to the, to the town balance sheet. Yeah. Right? It has to get made up somewhere else. All right? Yes. Now, you just, if you had a big power plant in town or something like that, which, which you might not want anyway, but those are big production of, of revenue, right? Yeah. We don't have that. We don't have big operations anymore. Those things are gone. So without those, it's the only way to fund a town. 508-996-0500. Good evening. Marcus. What's up? Chris, how you doing? Hey, what's going on, my friend? John from Fairhaven. Hey, John. Hey, John. I'm, uh, I'm, glad, you, I'm glad you guys are doing this because uh, I think it definitely needs to be uh, brought up. I mean, especially with the New Bedford police and everything else being short, I think it was um, a good time to bring this up. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to give you credit. You're the one that turned me on to it because I, I, I'm not on Facebook very much. Right. And you said, hey, check out the Raven Fire Union Facebook. And that's yeah. how, then I'm like, oh, I'll, I got to talk to Kevin. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's funny because I'm, I'm, I'm in, I'm in line for this list that's coming out for the civil service. I'm waiting for it to come out for the, for the, uh, fire department. Oh, awesome. So, like, and Fairhaven's going to be one of my top picks, but it's like, um, you know, I've been following a lot on the Facebook 
And um, with the whole shortage, and I just, you know, it just boggles my mind how we can't get more firefighters on the Fairhaven Fire Department. Yeah. You know, I just, and, and then I'll, now listening to you guys say, you know, I had to go through this and that, and I'll, I'll jump through a bunch of hoops and, you know, raise the tax. I, I, I wouldn't mind, as a, as a Fairhaven resident, I wouldn't mind paying more taxes to have a more high-quality fire department that's staffed correctly. Well, so I think, that's, I think that's what it comes okay. down to, John, as long, but until you know the argument, you'd never vote for it. You know what I mean? Right. 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 Yeah, I mean, you guys did great. Uh, Marcus, I got to give you, I got to tip my hat to you. That was, it was good. I read Thank the you. article the other night, and um, I just happened to turn you guys on at 8 o'clock, and I said, oh, no, so this, you know, they, they got Kevin coming on tonight. Yeah. So. That's Absolutely. Good. Thank right, you. Guys, hey, have a great night. Hey, thanks. You too. Well, it's because we have a civically engaged audience. Right. Um, that uh, gives me stories. And we're responsive to that audience. And we are responsive. Right. Sometimes you got to give me a good, you got to give me a good story. Well, that you got to give me, you know, <laughs> you gotta, look, we, make we, sure it's good. we live off the fat of the land. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you were firefighters, that's important. That's it's important it. to me. It's, it's really important to you. It's important to me. We live here. Right. Um, I can't tell you how many times once we had a once we had a gas tank uh, our propane tank at our at the, at the house down the beach exploded started leaking off and boy I couldn't have been happy to see that fire department come yeah. down we were having a keg party at the time too so there been a, there would have been a lot of really good looking twenty something year old girls burned beyond recognition so it's a good thing that didn't happen <laughs> we're gonna take a break. Listen to us live anywhere in the world on the WBSM app. The big one's on the left, left, the other on the right. Right. But they're both ready to call it right down the middle. More of Marcus and Chris on South Coast tonight here on WBSM. Uh, 508-996-0500 is how you can get on the program. We'll also take your messages on the WBSM app chat. Um, uh, actually, a listener's uh, saying the FY24 uh, uh, in Fairhaven has a 70, 750K budget deficit. Um, so it looks like it's it could be, um, it could be dicey. Yeah. So, again, as long as the selectmen can make an explanation. The finance committee can make an explanation. The beauty of it is that the selectmen, the finance committee, they all live in town. They all pay taxes. They're all, we're all in the same boat together. Mm-hmm. Um, it's running a business. You've got to figure it out. If you have to increase revenue, you have to increase revenue. Yeah. You have to make sure it's tight on the way out. Mm-hmm. You know, that you're not just throwing money all over the goddamn place. That, that, that you're watching every dollar because you know that it's your money as well. Yeah. So, fortunately, I think we have a, a real good leadership in town. I think so. Where where that wasn't, wasn't true always. But I think that's true now. I think we're in a good spot now. So, I think, you know, it's always difficult, though, with this stuff. You know, is, is, Nobody wants to pay more unless they have to. Well... Well, it's it's not even. And there's the, nothing wrong with that. It's the it's not even the higher payments. It's when you give the two and a half override in perpetuity. Right. You know, it's fine when there's someone you like there. Correct. That's the only thing. So, but this here's the thing. Here's the other part of it. This staffing issue needs to be fixed. Full stop. 
So if that's the option that needs to happen, then it that's needs it. To, that that's it. That it needs to happen. It's if a revenue issue. If that's the ref, and, and if that's the way to solve it, fine. Safer grants, I think, is a good option as well, which is something I know the New Bedford Fire Department secured. But that's also a wish and a hope. Yes, that's not real. You're not controlling your own destiny with that. Yeah, it's not sustained. Right. Yeah. You're 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 sharing that money. You could potentially lose that money to Oklahoma. Yes. Or to some fire department in Texas, which needs it. Mm-hmm. Right. And as we've talked about, Marcus, we have a lack. We, we do a lot of what we highlight in New Bedford. People ought to understand it. We're talking about the whole region. They're losing police officers or having a hard time finding police officers and firefighters in New Bedford. Same thing in Fairhaven. Okay, it, it it's a, you have to make the profession. You can't make it safer, otherwise we wouldn't need them. Yeah, you it's going to be just as dangerous. So you've got to make it better benefits, better schedules. Better finances. Good evening. You're live. Hey, good evening. Hey, hey. Hey. A good way to generate some revenue would be to issue some building permits. Have they have they issued any new building permits in Fairhaven yet? Do they have a new building commissioner? I know they didn't have a building commissioner, but I thought those duties were supposed to be basically filled out by some interim positions. That was my understanding of the of the yeah, situation. They are and they are. So I I applied for a building permit in September 22. Yeah. And it took until March, just this beginning of March. Oh, that's not where right. Yeah. They eventually got back to me and referred me to the ZBA when kind of frustrating that. That's I extraordinarily had frustrating. Talk, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I had talked to the uh, uh, commissioner last year. He said, oh, get information from a lawyer and they, they would issue me a permit. So I got all that information sent it in and now the new uh, commissioner denied the permit so now i have to go to the zba but i guess that'll g- generate some income because i have to pay the zba now <laughs> right but, well yeah. right and, yeah. and plus and that that does suck plus yeah. the focus shouldn't even be on the revenue it ought to be on if you got the right to have to do build what you want to build they ought to, they ought to help you build it i mean yeah, to, you, yeah. The, the, we're trying to have a society here yeah, and so I, I gave them all that information. So I guess the, I don't want to change the subject of your conversation, but the, the one, it's under Chapter uh, 48, Section 6. I know Max is a lawyer. I don't know if he's familiar with it, but if you're, you want this zoning and it was never owned in conjunction with any other lots around it, 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 the new zoning laws can't prohibit you from building on it. So this is been in conjunction with anything else I've I've given them all the information. All the information is even in the assessor's office show that the that the the lot has been owned singularly since 1945. But still, this new building commissioner in Terram doesn't look at any of it and just rejects it and just sends me on to the ZBA after I waited for six months. Hey, keep us informed. Thank you very much. We appreciate yeah, the call. Thank Thanks. you. Yep. Have a good night. Bye bye. If you want to hear everything, hey. Um, we're on the air. Yeah, you can't hear. Not hearing it. Yeah. Oh, uh, oh, I, I, I know, I know. Is it because? Hmm. Maybe check the. Oh, I know it. Check that. Right there. This is this is great radio. <laughs> this is some good radio. See. Oh, that came yeah, out. Yeah, okay, yeah. that makes sense. It didn't look like it at first. I thought glance. I had a stroke again. It didn't. Look- <laughs> Please don't have one on the air. I, I'm, I have no control over it. <laughs> later. As, as we explained to Kevin, you never know when you're going to have a medical emergency. Yeah, right? it's or, true. Or yeah. as he explained to us, I guess. Yeah. Um, so, Marcus, we, we, um, we've got some really big stuff going on here locally. 
Yeah, um, that I think is going to really play out, I think, in a broader statewide conversation, too, uh, if we're talking about the um, rent restrictions. Yeah, so the rent the rent control piece that um, Councilor Burgo is bringing forward, I, I would just say this again, Marcus, I like Councilor Burgo. I think he's trying something. Um, but I think the rollout has been very bad, and I, I would just say this. Um, take, the, take the issue at its merits, but understand that the rollout, to not include... Mayor Mitchell. I think that's the one bad part um, is that because he seemed to have gotten consideration from the city councilors. He knows.